A very good day to all of our listeners. This again is Abraham Foss of For Your Good Ministries International. Today we shall continue with what is episode 9 of the series that we've called The Law of First Reference, implying to what did we first refer in every decision-making process or new season we're about to embark on in our lives. And so we spoke from Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning God. In John chapter 1 verse 1 it says, in the beginning was the Word. So the law of first reference is to go to the Word of God in the beginning on any and every season of our lives and in the making of any decision in our lives. So we're about to get married, about to start a business, plant a church. Whatever might be the case, we go to the Word of God to find out how to set a foundation in regard to that context so that when we begin to build that context as founded on a sure foundation, on an incorruptible seed called the Word of God, that will bring about, as God's covenants will be the case, God's promised outworking, God's intention of fruit that lasts, that allows represent that we prosper and are founded on good success. That's the heart of God. The kingdom of God lives in us. Whatever represents his kingdom, which is his person in triuneness, and the substance or product of his residence called heaven, it's in us. But how do we outwork that into our lives? We go to the word of God, and we apply the word of God, which is to apply the kingdom of God, that he raises the kingdom of this earth and its influence upon us, and that his kingdom reigns in every context of our lives. So that happens by the law of first reference, i.e. to go to the word of God in every decision we're making, and especially in every new season or context or journey we're about to embark on that affects our lives. So last week we spoke about Jeremiah chapter 10 verses 20 to 23 where Jeremiah describes a deplorable situation and tells us why or how it got to that status. He says, my tent is plundered and all my cords are broken. My children have gone far from me and they are no more. There is no one to pitch my tent anymore or set up my curtains. Then he says why? He says for the shepherds, in our context today we could say for the pastors, for the shepherds have become dull-hearted. How did they become dull-hearted? They have not sought the Lord. Friends, around the world today, there's some most peculiar, outrageous things being taught and practiced through and from the pulpits in the life of the church that are far, far removed from the Word of God. And it's leaving the people in a bereft situation. For it goes on to say, Therefore they shall not prosper, and all their flocks shall be scattered. Behold, the noise of the report has come, a great commotion out of the north country, to make the cities of Judah desolate, a den of jackals, and then Jeremiah concludes, he says, O Lord, I know the way of man, or in this context, the way of the shepherds as well. For, O Lord, I know the way of man, 
is not in himself. It is not in man who walks to direct his own steps. Then we spoke about the high value of God's word, how God views his word. We said in Psalm 138 verse 2, God magnifies or elevates his word above all of his name. In Jeremiah 1 verse 12, it says, you have seen well. So the person who's seen well, what did they see well? You have seen well, for I am watching over my word. They saw the word of God and were willing to apply the word of God, take the counsel of God's word. And then God says this, you have seen well, for I am watching over my, over my word. For what purpose? To perform it, manifest it, bring it to past, bring it into existence, into your life. So let's move on to 2 Peter chapter 2. And let's look at verses 2 through to 4. So here, Peter is saying, of course, inspired by the Holy Spirit, grace and peace be multiplied to you. How does that Happen? How is grace and peace multiplied to me? Grace also talks about God's ability that brings me to a place of peace in a context. So how is that multiplied to me? It says, in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. You could say in our knowledge to the point of appropriation or doing of the word of God. And then he says in verse 3, as his divine power has given to us all things. God's divine power has given to us all things and all ways to do all things. But how do we know what God's given us? How do we know what's been made available to us? What resides in us because of the person of Jesus Christ? As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. In other words, every area of our life is covered through our knowledge of God and our Lord Jesus Christ by the word that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. No knowledge, no grace that brings peace to be multiplied in and through our lives. And then it says in verse 4, by which by the knowledge of God, or by the knowledge of the Word, if you like. Jesus represents the Word, personified and fulfilled, by which have been given to us exceedingly. I love the superlatives of Scripture. By which have been given to us exceedingly, or you could say abundantly, overflowingly, have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. They are precious. The promises of God, the ways of God, the word of God are precious to us. They're priceless because they bring about a priceless fruit or result in any context in our lives. Be it our marriage, being a father or a mother, whatever the context might be. These promises are precious. And when we find them and apply them, we get God's result. He says that through these this knowledge of the word, these, this exceedingly great and precious promise, that through these promises, through the knowledge of this, through the application of God's word, that through these you may be partakers of God's divine nature. So when you go to the word and you apply the word, you are a partaker, you're taking hold of you're taking of the substance or the product of that represents God and his success, 
in his victory, in his overcomability, in his intended purpose of being blessed and prospered. So through the word, when we take a hold of the word, we are partaking of the very divine nature of God. The word of God represents the divine nature of God. And when we do that, what's the result? It says, having escaped the corruption. We have corruption in this world, in many nations, for many reasons. But all of them come back to the one salient point. They are bereft of the word of God. So having escaped the corruption that is in this world through lust. Lust in the context here means to the disregard of the knowledge and application of God's word. Lust really means doing things our way to gratify our thinking and our flesh that never results in good success, but results in brokenness and failure. So how do we escape the corruption that is in this world through, through lust? In other words, doing it our way? We go to God's word and we partake of his, of his exceedingly, abundantly great and precious promises. Because through these, we become partakers of the very divine nature of God. And that causes us to escape the corruption that's in this world through lust, doing it our way. So as we close in Hebrews 4 verse 12, you know, the writer to the Hebrews says as follows. He says, the word of God is living. It's active. You can say it's vibrant. It's a reverberation. It's vibrating. It's moving. It's filled with power and promise and intent that when embraced, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, which in those days was known as the sharpest thing available to man. The Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. It will cut away a past demise and brokenness and leave it far removed from us and will reinstate or bring us to a place of God's blessed intention for us. That is the Word of God. So the Word of God is living, it's active, it's vibrant, it's filled with power. <clears throat> oh, pardon me, and the very divine nature of God. Be encouraged to trust the Word of God, put faith in the Word of God, get a knowledge of the Word of God, apply the Word of God, do the Word of God in any and every context of your life to set you up for success. But if the Word of God wasn't there at the start, go back to the Word of God now. It will draw you out of failure and heartache and brokenness and pain and consequences. The Word of God is powerful. So the law of first reference, go to the Word of God every time. For it will bring you to the place of God's abundant intention for the you and I. The Word of God is what God watches over and brings about its manifested result. So again, this is Abraham Foss of For Your Good Ministries International, saying, please look us up, explore, get to know who we are as a ministry by going to our website, www.foryourgood.net, or send us an email to info at foryourgood.net. We'd love to hear from you, we'll respond to anything you sent us, any question you may ask, will willingly and wantingly reply to you. So God bless you and I are by partaking of the divine nature of God, by the application and appropriation of God's word. God's watching over that word. He will bring it to pass that we put trust in it 
for his word is elevated above all of his name. God bless. Until next week.